0: Welcome specialists, coaches, dads of kickers, moms of punters, relatives of long snappers, and dogs at shag kickoffs to the Iceman Kicking Podcast. It's the show with cold questions and even cooler guests. We are here to talk about the ins and outs of special teams and specialists. And I am your host, Brad Arkellian. Before we get into the episode, a few reminders. We encourage you to tweet about today's episode. Tag us at iceman underscore kicking and use the hashtag iceman kicking podcast or cool under pressure or big kick energy to let us know what you enjoyed about the episode or any recommendations for who you'd like to see on the podcast next also if you are interested in any of the fantastic information discussed here today you can find all of this and more in the kicker's bible proven training methods, and secrets used by professional specialists by yours truly, Brother Kellyan. It includes tips from over 20 NFL specialists, along with numerous personal accounts from Eagles Hall of Fame kicker David Akers and current University of Florida analyst and ex-NFL kicker Shane Graham. Visit icemankicking.com or go to our Twitter bio to purchase your copy today. Now sit back and get ready for one cold episode.
1: You know, if we were last in the country returning punts, I might not be on the podcast. So shout out to the uh, R&B team. Hey, and everyone listening, man, y'all order my dog's book, man. Y'all stop playing with my guy, man. Iceman kicking, go get the book, the kicker's Bible. Order the thing, support this young man, right?
0: Today, I'm very excited to announce the guest that we have on the cold seat. He's from Bowie's Creek. North Carolina. He's the inside receivers and assistant special teams coordinator at New Mexico State. He is known as a great recruiter and he always brings the juice, Coach Chili Davis. A little bit about Coach Davis. He coached on a 2017 New Mexico State team that had explosive wide receivers and had some of the best offensive outputs in New Mexico State history. They saw 10 players double digit receptions and 10 players have a touchdown catch that year before he landed at New Mexico State he coached cornerbacks at Fordham University and the Bronx 2015 he was with the running backs at Louisiana Tech he graduated from Campbell in 2012 where he played defensive back and was an assistant coach slash GA there for three years today on our cold seat we have coach Chili Davis how you doing today, coach? I'm doing good, man. How about you? And I'm, I'm super pumped to talk some ball. This is, uh, this is the fun stuff that I get to do in between. So I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So uh, getting kind of right into it, you've lived all over the place, all right? As you told me before, you lived in Belgium, all right? You lived on the eastern part of the United States. Uh, especially being the son of someone in the Army. You know, you've always in, in, uh, experienced new situations, right? When you got your first spot at Campbell, was that odd coaching guys that you had played with? Kind of talk about that experience and, and just how you got to playing and coaching at Campbell.
1: Well, um, I think my junior year, I went to one of my coaches on the staff, and I had kind of been inspired by him to get into coaching. Um, Once I graduated, you know, that junior year in college, you're trying to figure out, like, what do you want to do seriously and what do you want to pursue? And I always had a love for the game, and I just was really inspired by some of the coaches that I had been around up to that point. So I approached him, and ultimately, I went up to our head coach at the time, who was uh, Dale Steele. Talked to him about, you know, possibly getting on the coaching staff if anything had opened up after my senior year. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, we'll look into it. And, you know, So I'd always uh, let those guys know that, you know, that was something on my mind. And then my senior year, I kind of got an early taste of coaching. You know, that staff, they were let go, uh, like maybe with three weeks left in the season. So um, I really, you know, had kind of had my heart set on, maybe getting on at Campbell um, when I got done playing. And, and when the staff kind of changed, um, it really kind of, you know, made me aware of how things can change quickly in this profession. And so from there, um, I was introduced to Coach Mike Minter at, when he got on. Uh, and I just, you know, told him who I was and, and what I was about. And just got done playing there. And, I, you know, really liked where the program was heading and, uh, just kind of wanted to help if he if he needed anything. And so he, I never forget this. He said, uh, Julie, I got, you know, I got a ton of jobs for you, but I got no money. I said, cool, sign me up. And so I was like the video coordinator, helped out on offense, helped out on defense. Uh, he was a special teams coordinator, so I helped out with anything special teams wise with him. Uh, I did recruiting. And then, you know, I just kind of, kept showing up and and just kept doing the little jobs that they had me do. And, you know, really just trying to show the guys that I was, I wanted to be a team player and I wanted to just help the program, you know, get on the the right track. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And then as far as the players, like it was funny too, I had a roommate who was still playing. And so um, we lived together for that spring until I moved out. But that spring he, and I, like, we – he was a senior, too, or he had one more year after me. And so he kind of knew, like, okay, he's a coach now. He actually would joke around and call me coach in the house. Like You know, it was kind of weird at first. And instead of just calling me chilly, he'd be like, Coach, what you doing today? And I'd be like, man, look, I'm chilly, bro. Like, just <laughs> – I'm at home. I just want to watch TV. But uh, he, was, he was really good with just, um, you know, the transition. And, and the, I think the biggest thing is understanding that, you know, you have a job to do but if you you know just go about it with respect everyone you know will honor that and i think the transition for me was it wasn't always smooth because there were times like where you know you have to correct a player who you just got done playing with and just how you want to go about that is is big and um you know it, it it really opened my eyes up to how important communication is and just you know, understanding what you're trying to say and then who you're saying it to. And then, okay, how do I want to deliver this to that person? And so that's kind of just how it was taught to me. And then Coach Menner did a great job, too. You know, he helped me out as well as far as just different things to do as far as um, being a a young coach and how to establish yourself um, in that way. So that's that's kind of how I made that transition. Man, that's really good.
0: And that, you know, I I think about that a lot, too, because I kind of, did the same role, had the same role after I was done playing at UT Martin and at GA too. Can you give me an example of like when you know you went about things the right way in handling correcting your player, or is there a time where you saw maybe not yourself but someone else went about the wrong way in communicating with a younger you know with the player?
1: Yeah, um I'm trying to think. Like, I remember one game we were we were on defense, and for whatever reason, a player ran off the field, and he was supposed to be on punt block. And so, you know, we're scrambling to figure out, okay, who's not on the field. And, you know, it was my job to make sure we had 11 on the field. And so I I motioned over him to go back on the field. He played corner, so he just lined up, you know, he got back on the field. and. So they, they they kicked it, we we returned it. He came, he finally he's off the field now, right? So he's on the sideline. And as a coach, you have to, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, do I want to correct this guy? Or, like, how do I want to go about reminding him to be locked in for this, the whole game and not just, you know, for for parts of it? And so I, I just kind of, I knew the guy. And I think that's big. You have to know who you're talking to. And he was a, you know, emotional player. Like, he was really like a guy when, when something good happened, obviously, something good just happened. We forced a fourth down, right? And so he was celebrating. I said, hey, you know, you got to make sure you're thinking about the the entire game and not just this part of it. And I, I said it to him. I looked him in the eye. You know, it wasn't no, you know, wasn't no profanity or nothing like that. You know, it was just like, hey, man, you know, this is, this is what we on right now. And, and you got to be a part of it so we can win the game. And I never forget, he looked at me. Like, I appreciate that, Coach. And. I think he forgot that I had played with him. You know what I'm saying? He's looking at me like, appreciate that, coach. And and that kind of let me know. Okay, if I can just understand, uh, will help them understand what the situation is, and and communicate that thoroughly. Um, it'll go, uh, it'll go smoothly. And, and as far as like a situation that's like negative, um, I, I think, you know, I never really had one that was negative like in a sense of, like, me being a young coach or just me being a former player with those guys because I think they all knew what I was on as a player. Um, I, I kind of had uh, – I, I would like to think I had their respect early on when I was playing. And So when I transitioned, I think they they wanted me to be a good coach and I wanted them to be even better players. So I think that's kind of the, um, the the thing that we were on together. So I never really had, like, a negative experience with that.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, trying to better your players every play. And, and, yeah, I think it's the way you you handle them, right? It doesn't have to be. And that's something I'm learning as a young coach, too. You know, when are the times where you can, you know, kind of calm someone down and talk to them? Or when's the time where you not need to make a scene, you know, but it's a bigger deal? Um, and maybe that might come, you know, when there's mental lapses. And also it might come from knowing your player and who that player is and how he responds.
1: And I think so that we we ended that game we won, and then that Sunday or Monday, whenever we watched film that next time together, we addressed it as a a unit, like a special teams unit. And, and Coach menner addressed it. He's like, "Hey, you know, we gotta we gotta make sure that we're locked in for the whole game and know what our responsibilities are, and and, and understand that people are, are counting on you to be where you need to be at a certain time. That doesn't just mean you show up to study hall. That means you show up to the <laughs> to the punt return unit when it's punt return time, you know what I'm saying, and so, uh and and, and that's kind of how what taught me how to go about it the right way, and and so under like making sure that guys understand that, you know, I'm not upset with you, I'm upset with what you did. Those are like two different things, you know. You got to understand like that. I I love you as a person. I love you, you know, as a as a as a, as a you know, a guy on the team and everything. I just don't like that one thing you did. And I here's how I think we need to go about it differently. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to know who you're talking to. But I think you also have to know, like, that guy doesn't like the fact that he made a mistake. You know, I hope hopefully he doesn't. And hopefully he doesn't want to do that again. So, you know, that's just kind of how we went about that.
0: That's really good. I love that. And especially – it speaks to the the inner specialist to me, you know, because I was a specialist, right? And so many times you'll see a kicker or punter miss a kick and then just get dogged by his coach. And it's like, do you think he wanted to miss the kick? You know, do you (laughs) think he wanted to shank that ball? Obviously not, you know, but that's, it's just part of it. And then it's like, all right, well, how do we handle the specialist, you know, or how do you, you know, correct him? Because like, I know the, you know, fundamentals. I know, all right, he might've, you know, hold his head or whatever he's, his plant foot was too close but how do we go about addressing it so he doesn't have a freak out because he's got to go in and make the next kick too You know, that's mm-hmm. that's something that's huge with specialists so I love that perspective from yeah. You. yeah, that's yeah. awesome um okay so and you kind of talked about this too uh coach Minner who's at at Campbell he kind of introduced you to the special teams but when you played you played on a lot of special teams units too right talk about that that's,
1: that's right so You know, I'm five foot six, and so um, when I was when I was in college, you know, I really had to fight like crazy to to make the team as that fourth or fifth corner every year. It was always a battle, but then my coaches, I redshirted in my first year, and um, going into my my second year, my coaches said, look, if you want to play, you're going to play on special teams first. And so I say I said, okay, cool. I just want to, you know, contribute to a win. You know, that's that's really all I'm on right now. So however you want to do it is fine. So, you know, my DB coach was the kickoff coach. Uh, I think the the guy that recruited me was in charge of punt or punt return or one of the two things. So they came to me early on and said, look, this spring, you're really going to develop yourself as a special teams player. You know, if you can make open field tackles and you can block, uh, and if you can, um, you know, jam people up as a corner on um, on punt return, you'll find yourself on the field. And then I, I just continue to increase my value by being a kickoff returner um, and, and things of that nature. So that's how I got on the field. That's how I traveled. That's how, I, you know, that's, I mean, and, and when it was, when it was explained to me like that, I had no problems, you know, whatsoever because, um I just wanted to be contributing to a win. And that's really all I thought about was just, okay, how can I help the team, you know, get a W. And so I started off on kickoff uh, and then I kind of was a four phase guy. I want to say by, le- by week, like two or three of my first year playing. And then I just continued and, and, and that's kind of how I made a name for myself. And that's all I was trying to do was just show the coaches that, you know, I was a good player that they were right in, in recruiting me. And I show my, my teammates that um, that I could ball just like them. So that's really how I uh, how I got on the field. And, and then the love for it just continued when I got into coaching. And like I said, I worked for $0, 0 cents. But when you said you're going to help out on special teams, I was like, all right, you had me. You could have led off with that. And I would have been like, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm in. So so that was cool. And, and just working with, guys that uh, I just got done playing with was even better because I already knew a little bit about them, you know, and I kind of knew, okay, this guy learns like that. I just, I just was in a room with him for four years. I think I know how he processes, you know, things, or I live with this guy, like I said, I think I know how he processes things. So, and uh, a lot of those guys were on teams as well. So transitioning into coaching kind of helped me uh, with that as well.
0: That's awesome. And did you say to them like that? Or now when you're coaching, do you kind of put it in those same words? Like, hey, this is why it mattered to me. This is why you guys should take it seriously, or this is why it should be important to you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I just – I was just looking for an opportunity, you know. And that's what I tell the guys, you know, hey, man, this is an opportunity for you to play. You know, this isn't a situation where, you know, I'm asking you to do something that I don't think you're capable of doing. And my mom would always tell me that with whenever I, like, didn't do a chore around the house or something like that, my dad would always say, hey, you know, it's not like we're asking you to do something that we don't think they're capable of doing. Like, if we're asking you to do this, we feel pretty good about you doing this, you know. If I'm asking you to cut the grass, like, I that means I've taught you how to do it, and you know what it looks like, and I'm giving you full control of the lawnmower right now. So, you should look at this like someone, you know, believes in you. And so it's an opportunity for you as a player, special teams is an opportunity for you as a player to show how good of a football player you really are. Because it's the core fundamentals of the game. Um, and those things aren't changing, you know. And so I think when you present it to them like that, and also for me, right, it was an opportunity for me to play uh, earlier, it was an opportunity for me to contribute to a win and, and, and put some good stuff on film. So, you know, that's, that's just how I present it to them. And and I think we've been successful with that. I think guys, because a lot of times people say, well, how do you get your guys to to buy in the special teams?" I'm like, what do you mean? Like, they like football. They love football. So it's football. <laughs> you know? and, and I think some of the time you have to let guys know, okay, look, this is probably what you're going to be on if you have an opportunity to go to the league as well. And you have to make sure that you know how to cover a kick you can make tackles in the open field. Um, you can, you know, block, get off blocks, return, uh, and, and people like those types of people. They want to be around those types of people, and so giving it from, giving it to them from that perspective too. As far as these are extra tools in your toolbox, uh, should your, you know, should you have any uh, professional aspirations, then then they're all in.
0: No question. No question. You know, we talk about that a lot, too. The thing I really love being at Marshall is, like, we put such an emphasis on special teams, and it's really fun because, like, everyone buys in, you know, and everyone's about it because it's about football, and they talk about Chris Jackson, who was here last year and drafted by the Titans, and it's like he's playing a lot, but he's also playing a lot because he's a special teams guy, you know, and he makes plays on special teams. So that's cool to unite behind that. Now, you talked a a little bit about um, the GA life and and you know how you were making zero dollars and zero cents, man. I feel that you know I'm I'm yeah. in that right now. Um, you know I've heard some stories about the uh, finding the the taco and brisket specials in uh, Rust in uh, Louisiana. Tell me a little bit about uh, you living the GA life. The
1: GA life, man. That was like, whew. I mean, I, whew, I mean, it was cool because we, when I was at La Tech, you know, we had four guys and we had two on offense, two on defense, obviously. And it was, it was a deal where each and every one of us, we just wanted to be a guy who was doing the right thing. And I think maybe two of us, we had coached somewhere previously. The other two had just got done playing. So they were kind of just learning how to operate um some of the softwares on on, on the computer like yeah DV sport and, and Visio and playmaker so they were trying to learn that part of it and we were able to help with that and then you know just how to not mess up making a copy of something <laughs> you know it's just like okay how does this printer work you know and teaching the guy that but it was a a great experience man and and i, I, I those are my, those are my brothers man Like. Me and David Stuckman, we still we're still tight to this day. Like we GA'd for eight, eight months together, but we we talked regularly, we you know, we root for each other, we help each other out as far as techniques and stuff that that we've um, that we've encountered throughout our, our careers. But you know, that 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 time period for me was was uh, I wanna make sure I'm choosing my words carefully. I grew more spiritually during that time than I thought I was going to. Because when you're a GA, you know, sometimes your focus can be on the wrong things. I think a lot of times, some some GAs, they look at it like, okay, um, I want to be known to the staff that I can do good work. And that's cool, right, and you have a job to do. But I think sometimes, your, your perspective also needs to be, okay, I'm, when it's time for me to coach, I'm coaching as well. So if they give me a responsibility. I remember at La Tech, you know, Jabar Jaluk said, hey, Chili, I got the running backs, you got the fullbacks today. So we make sure they know how to cut off the backside of the zone. And I had five minutes, but I prepared, you know, I don't know, five hours for that five minutes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it was a responsibility that I, that I was looking for. And so able, I was able to do that. And then, obviously, you have your scout team stuff that you're responsible for and getting the guys lined up and, and making sure they're executing throughout the week so that you know, the team could be successful. But I think your perspective needs to be, okay, I want to do a good job, you know, running errands and, and doing things like that if that's what they're asking you to do. But I also want to develop as a coach and so that when I get an opportunity to coach, uh, I can show them that I can get down like that too. So I think that's important
0: no question yeah it's funny because you know i really vibe with a lot of those things too um you know and yeah it's it's talking taking ownership of what you're supposed to be in charge of right and making sure you do it to the best of your abilities and not mm-hmm. just kind of throw it away because ah, whatever
1: it's scout team you know or whatever it's just nah. a small segment of practice uh, yeah. scout team was scout team was like our like showtime man it was like at the Apollo you know hey man you got you know you got you got a scout team man you got a chance to really interact with guys and 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 so what we would do is we would bring some of the guys out early to teach them the different techniques that we were going to be using that day you know and so hey guys this team is a heavy uh you know scooch technique team when it comes to the back end on, on the secondary so we're going to go over a scooch technique here for these, like, two minutes that we have or, or whatever. Or I know David uh, Stuck used to bring the guys in and watch film with them you know, before practice. You know, he was on the uh, defensive side, so he would bring the scout team wideouts in and and really say, hey, guys, these are the splits. So when I go out there and I say, I want you to take a hash split, this is what that means. And so everything, like I said, we wanted to be guys that were known to of doing a good job. But when it came, when they said, all right, coach, it was like, let's go. It's showtime now. And that's what I, that's what we really were, were on throughout that time period. It was, it was great. hundred percent. hundred percent.
0: I've, I've with that too. Well, I'm, I want to ask you though about the, the hard times too, because you hit on it a little bit, you know, with your faith. And I've heard you talk about before, you know, how did you stay on that grind or, you know, not, maybe not even that Louisiana tech other times where you've had, you know, tough mm-hmm. times like, man, I'm not getting paid anything. I'm working, you know, all the time. How do you stay on that grind, you know, and, and persevere through that.
1: So I think it was my second year at Campbell, and I just started to get, like, a stipend going into my second year. I forget how much it was. And uh, My wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, her birthday is uh, normally week one or week two of the season, September 6th. So really, I remember saying to myself, like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to – get her the gift that she wants, nor am I able to spend the amount of time with her that I think that she wants for her birthday, you know, like, and so I think it was her 21st birthday too. And and so it, for me, it was like, okay, I really want to be with this this woman. I want to impress her. You know, we had been together for about maybe, I think two or three years up until that point. And, and I just was, I remember praying and asking God, like God, what can I do to make this special for her? And, you know, I, I, we we were playing App State that week. Um, and so I thought she was going to go back home to Greensboro, where she's from, and she was going to um, you know, celebrate with her family and friends. She told me, she's like, no, I'm going to Boone with, with you, if that's okay. I think Coach said we, wives can go. I'm not, not your wife, but, you know, I just want to be around you. And I was like, yeah, okay. And so we got to Boone and I mean, it was, it was like, I'll just give you this, it was like three lightning delays, you know, throughout the game. Um, it was their homecoming or their home opener, one of the two, I forget, I think it was like the home opener. It might have been like alumni day or something like that. And so like they had the whole show pregame, you know, it was a lot of band and everything. And then you got like three lightning delays. So like at the third quarter, at the third quarter mark, there's no one in the stands because everyone was like, okay, the score is like 30 to zero, it's raining, we're leaving. So we, um, we're we still playing and we finally figure out a way to, well, not figure out a way, but we finally are able to finish the game. And we made a play on defense. And there were two claps coming from the stadium. And I turned around and it was my wife and another, it was my my girlfriend, wife, whatever, you know, and then another uh, wife in the stands and they were cheering still. Now the score at this point is like 66 to zero. All right, we are losing. And I turned around, I said, this, this girl is in the stands on her 21st birthday in Boone, North Carolina, cheering the, the camels on. And I just remember, I remember feeling and I, I really felt like God was putting in me like, look, if you can just, you know, understand that not everyone needs a gift. Not everyone needs, you know, money. You don't need money to make you who you think you want to be. If you can just be a good person and go about your job and, and you know, I've given you a woman here who supports you in that. And I remember I, I turned around and I thought to myself, I said, I'm marrying that girl. I don't, I don't care what I have to do. If you're here at 66 to zero in Boone, North Carolina, you could be an hour and a half down the road in Greensboro you know, doing your thing better than me. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I, that, that was kind of a, you an know, uh, eye opener for me as far as, look, if you can just treat people right and do a good job, I'll put the right people in your life to understand what you're doing. And understand you know your financial situation and and I'll grow you in the right direction with the right people so that's that's kind of what I meant by that I know that was a long story but I'm sorry
0: I ate that up man that's she really loves you because and not saying I would be but if I was someone's significant other and they were coaching in a 66 year old game I would not be there that would not I look. she probably loves the Camels too she's a she's a big supporter
1: she's a big supporter she's an alumni as well so you know she um she's definitely been my biggest supporter and just i mean I I'm i can't really give you i i, I could I, I can't really like if you gave me a dictionary at the source, you know i i probably still be able to come up with the words to describe you know how how much she means to me words don't do justice huh no no
0: that's awesome and you know i hate to bring up a sore subject but campbell played pretty good against abstate state there in that in that first first half This most recent yeah. Game.
1: yeah yeah they're doing well man i'm happy for those guys
0: that's good yeah you gotta you gotta pull for your alma mater all right cool. so so then you know you go on and can kind of talk about fort M and new mexico state and my question coming to new schools is like uh you know how do you make connections with guys I've never seen you before and know, you know, really nothing about you, Um, you know, and and going forward, like, you know, how do you get them to buy into what you're teaching?
1: I think first you have to make sure that you are yourself. um, Number one in the interview process, you know, and so when that guy decides to bring you in, he knows who you really are and he okay now i can put this guy with this group of guys and that's that's what makes him feel good about making that decision and then when you get there i think the number one thing you want to do as far as connecting with your with your guys or your players is showing them who you are like you you're up there in front of them and they know okay at, at some point this guy's going to make me a better player that's his job right but who who are you you know like I know what the article might read. I've been on your Twitter, your social media, Instagram, whatever. But, okay, who are you? So one of the things I did when I first got to Fordham was I had a, I had a presentation and I kind of sat in front of the guys and I just kind of went through. I said, guys, we ain't talking no football today. And if you came in here looking to get better as a football player today, it, we'll do it tomorrow. But for today, I just want you guys to understand who I am, my journey, and what I'm on uh, here my mindset and, and, and that I didn't really talk about what I expected from them. I just talked all about me and then I think what I was trying to show them because I was what 26 at the time. And so um, I, I was really just trying to show them like, you know, why I love the game and why I was excited to be there in front of them. And that's kind of was my initial you know move as far as showing them how how much I cared about them without because you know you can't go in there day one and say guys I love you they're like all right kind of weird but I want to get to the point where we have a genuine relationship is what I was trying to say uh, to them and I, I think it worked well Um and I you know then it, then it went to, okay, who are you guys? What kind of music do you guys like? What kind of food do you guys like? Where can I go to get this or that? And just make it the conversation uh, to that point. And, and so really all you're doing is building a relationship, man. You're just trying to show people who you are while learning who they are and then understanding there is a, uh, a standard that we have to uphold ourselves to um, on and off the field. So that's, that's just how I went about it.
0: That's really good. And and so what do you think they drew from you when you're like, all right, today I'm going to talk all about me? I mean, like, does it gives them talking points, right, or, or ways to, you know, connect with you?
1: Yeah, I, I think it showed them, okay, this guy likes Jordans just like, just as much as I do, you know, or this guy, um, you know, likes the same rap artists that I like, or he likes the same movies that I like. And you know, okay, he played the same position that I was coaching corners there at Fordham, so he played the same position I'm playing right now. And or and, and really what it did for those those guys that were trying to, you know, earn a starting job, okay, this guy played teams just like I got to play teams to make a name for myself. So just being transparent was really all I was going after. And it kind of, yeah, like you said, it, it did bring up some, you know, some, some talking points for them, some questions that they had as far as, you know, what about this, like, I remember one guy was like, hey, coach, so so who you, who you got? Uh, Kobe or LeBron, <laughs> you know, and, we just, and it just sparked the conversation, you know, and, and so that was one of the things that I did. I, I think anywhere I go, I'm always going to do that. I want the guys to know who I am, what I'm on, what I stand for before we talk anything about stance and start or, or press technique or anything like that.
0: Yeah, because it makes you seem more real, right? It makes you seem yeah. more available to your players. And that's one of the things I've heard about you is that you're, you know, you're great with your players and you're a great communicator. So I think Appreciate that really that. shows through that. Yeah. well, And, I, you know, I really want to go back to what you said in your interview and you're talking about why it's important to be yourself. You know, what do you mean by being yourself? Being excited about the things that excite you or, you know, being honest about, you know, how you're going to act uh, on a day-to-day basis? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I think I think you got to do that because, you um, in this profession you at a young age you're still trying to learn yourself right you're still trying to like figure out okay i want to teach this like that or i want to teach this like this and so on the, in the interview process you really want to be yourself because that coach is evaluating you and you know you don't want to go into a situation where when well, you weren't yourself and so now you got the job and now you got to be something you're not because that's how you interview you know and and so, you know, I, I – you got to take pride in, in learning the game. You got to know your stuff. Obviously, you got to know uh, about that position that you're interviewing for. And you have to understand um, things from a recruiting standpoint and a uh, player development standpoint. But you want to go about it being yourself. And, I, and eventually, people will pick up on things that aren't really you. You know, and that's not anything I want said about me. I want guys to know that, look, I, I take pride in being honest and, and and like I said, being transparent. And you know, I don't think I know everything. I definitely don't. I know I don't know everything, and but I am striving to get better every day. And I remember telling the guys, look, like, I don't know it all. I don't think you guys know it all, but I think together we can do some pretty good things. And I think they really kind of you know bought into that. So.
0: That's a good way to establish your core values, too, is, is yeah. how you act and how you, you know, what you show them. Yeah. yeah, That's, no awesome. That's really cool. You know, I was going to ask you something about that, too, because you, I mean, you traveled from everywhere, like East Coast, you know, and then you go up to New York. Or, no, I'm sorry, you went to Louisiana, then to New York, then to the West Coast. What led you to those jobs? And, and you know, obviously it was your connections, but, you know, how did you come in
1: contact with those guys? I'm just curious. So... I think I told you before the show, those two guys that came and asked my mom to and my dad to let me play, one of those guys uh, was Joe Sloan's father. And Joe Sloan's the offensive coordinator. I think he's coaching quarterbacks now yeah, at Louisiana Tech. And so Joe's dad came to my house. I was really tight with Joe's younger brother, Josh. And I mean, his dad did all the talking. Miss Davis, Mr. Davis, we're going to take care of your son. This was like Little League football we're talking about here, right? This is like eighth grade you know, Enon Indians football we're talking yeah, about. And yeah, Indians. So, you know, we're really uh, trying to establish some trust with just, you know, we just moved there. And so we didn't really know too many people. And so Joe's dad came down there and convinced my mom to play. And so Joe was a quarterback there for my high school. We went to high school together for like, I think he was a junior when I was a freshman or something like that. So he went on to ECU and then he got into coaching. And so when I just when I decided that I wanted to get into coaching, he was a guy like I had kind of reached out to and said, hey, how do you like it? You know, what's it like? And then that kind of grew into, well, shoot, if you guys have anything open, you know, and this is when I was playing, like, hey, if you guys have anything open, let me know. Because like I said, the staff had just got to let go. And so he said, I'll keep you in mind. And so he, <laughs> Joe kept me in mind for like three years. <laughs> and so i was like, man. Uh, maybe I might need to, you know, pursue something else. But I just kept praying and asking God to lead me in whatever direction I needed to be on. And and, and so uh, Joe called me. I I we I just got to the convention. This was this was the one that was in Louisville. I wasn't Indy. It was Louisville. I just got off the plane and I just like checked my phone because my phone didn't have service on the plane, obviously. And so uh, Joe Sloan texted me, "Are you here?" I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, meet me at this, uh, the restaurant at this time. And so I walked in, and he, and he was there with the, with the O.C. and they talked to me for about 15 minutes. And so I said, look, we have a G.A. job available. We we want you to consider it. Um, you know, just let us know. And so that's kind of what led to that one. And then when the- I was
0: sorry, let me interrupt you.
1: How soon did you have to make that decision? Uh, like. That night, <laughs> well, I, I didn't have to make it that night, but I wanted to let them know as early as possible sure. that I was I was down. And so uh, that that whole convention, I went up to my head guy, I told him what was, you know, transpiring, what 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 had been presented to me, and he was all for it. Um, so he supported me in that. And so I prayed on it that night, and then that next day. I think when I told him, "Hey, I I want to I want to do it," so uh, I talked to my parents, talked to my my girlfriend at the time, which was my wife, and so they all supported me with that. So that was pretty cool. And then when I was at La Tech, this is why it's so important to make sure that you're good to people. Um, my my position coach at the time had retired; he had retired, but there was a D line coach, Jerick Hall, who was at Fordham. As the D line coach at Fordham, so they were looking for a corners coach. So he called my old coach, who was his his mentor. Say so we're looking for a corners guy. So my my mentor, my coach, called me. He says, "Hey, Chili, I just threw your name in there for the the, the corners job at Fordham. So if you get a call from a New York number, make sure you answer it." I said, "Okay, uh, great. You know, I'm I'm here." And so, sure enough, they called me about maybe three weeks later. Uh, just asking, you know, me to talk about some things. And then that was my first full-time opportunity. Uh, So that's kind of how I got, that was my connection there. And so from there, uh, I got let go in like December. And I was just applying to a bunch of different places. Um, And so New Mexico State is the one place I've been where I didn't know anyone. And so I reached out to Corey Martin, man, and I love him for this, man. That, That guy really helped me. Um, I just, I remember throwing my resume out there, like maybe, uh, let's just say 25 places, right? And Corey was the only guy to reach back. Well, he wasn't the only guy to reach back, but he was the only guy to reach back with like good news, you know, something that could lead into something. And so he said, hey, I went over your resume. I just kind of wanted to uh, talk to you on the phone if if that's cool. I said, yeah, I mean, I ain't doing nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Absolutely. And so we talked, and I kind of told him, you know, who I was. And, and uh, he, I think he called some of my references, and he talked to his head coach, who was his father, uh, Coach uh, Doug Martin. And so uh, he, they called me back later that day, and were kind of like, yeah, we, we, we would love for you to come out here and be a GA. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a living witness of, you know, wherever God wants you at, that's where you're going to be. And, and well, I think when you let him lead the way, that that's how it would shake out. And so that's what I was on, man. I was really like I was about to get married that year, that summer. I really didn't know like what what I was gonna do. You know, I was I was applying everywhere, and I was thinking, okay. I I, I never forget. I got hired the day I went to like substitute teaching training. Like I was I was like training to be a substitute teacher. Um, and, and that's when I got like the email that morning. Then I went to go to the training. And then that night he called me. Well, like on the break, he called me and, and was like, hey, I think this is, you know, the move we're going to make. How do you feel about it? So I remember asking myself, like, well, do I want to go back to this training or do I want to just, you know, go home and celebrate? And they said, well, you know, we'll need you out here at this date. So I was able to get a couple sub jobs in until that date. And, uh, you know, God worked it out perfectly, man. So saved that's, that's how in. I got out here. Saved you from subbing too. <laughs> I, I did actually I subbed for like maybe I think like two weeks or something like that, you know. And that was a that was a great experience too. Um, because it reminded me that everyone wants to be taught. And so um, you know, sometimes I have a I have a job where I just had to sit and like play a movie, you know, or whatever. But then there were other times, like I had this one teacher, I came in and like she had like a full lesson plan. And and this is like, I don't know, third grade history or something like that. (laughs) I'm just like, whoa, you know, I just kind of came in here to kick back. I don't want to, I want to, you know, I don't want to, I just want to chill. Like just give a little, you know, reading assignment like I normally do, but she had like a full out lesson plan. This was like a three day job. This was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday deal, which is what you want as a substitute teacher. It was pretty good. So I like had to like read over it and. And she had emailed me the night before. And I remember saying, "This, Hey, this is a longer email than I normally get. Like, this is, this is kind of like, you know, what's up with this? So she had a lesson plan for me. And so I had to teach, I forget the actual, like, you know, the curriculum, but I I remember a couple of kids in there that were kind of struggling to understand it. And it was making them mad. They were, they weren't like, like they weren't understanding it because They really, like, they wanted to understand it, but, like, they just struggled for whatever reason. But when I think you put it in a way where they could understand it and where it makes sense, now they loved it, right? At least they appeared to love it, you know, when I was there. And so that that day or that experience, those three days I did that, it reminded me that coaching is teaching. Teaching is coaching. And when you teach a guy – what we're doing, how we're doing it, but more importantly, why we're doing it. Now he understands it from, uh, you know, the 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 big picture standpoint, and he understands his role in that. And so that that experience, like being a sub, helped me understand. Okay, all you're really doing here is teaching. Like that's really all you're doing, you know. And and so you got to know who you who's in your class, right? You got to know some guys having a good day some guys aren't and so you have to uh, account for that and then you have to account for the fact that you have a job to do and um, but that experience taught me a lot.
0: Man that's awesome too because I so I taught world history for two years and uh, you know just you're right I think being a teacher made me a better coach 100% you know And, and it was only it was a short you know two years time span but man I learned so much about kids and, and communicating with kids that I took out to coaching and I think mm-hmm. just in my case if I had never taught I would not be the same coach I am today I think mm-hmm. it's helped me you know so much so and you know I bet you had fun it's you know I did I knew I was gonna like coaching you know I knew mm-hmm. that was what I wanted to do but I was very surprised and I loved history I love that as a subject I was so surprised how much I liked interacting with the kids. Like that was my favorite yeah. thing to see their faces yeah. when they came in and joke with them and then get serious and we get after it, you know, every day, have competitions with them. I miss it. You know, I miss hanging out with them.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's a, that feeling that you get when you when you've helped a kid learn something or help the kid with anything. It's just, I mean, it's indescribable, man. When you see that kid's face light up and he's like, Oh, this is what we're doing? Like, yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing. Oh, okay. And I can do this. i huh? like, yeah, yeah, you sure can do it. And, you know, and, but but in, ser- in all seriousness, it also reminded me that the kids that I, the, not the kids, but the, the young men that I coach now at some point in life, they were that little kid. And so all they want to do is understand it. The Bible says it and all that get, get an understanding. And so if you can help a guy understand what we got going on, Now he's more inclined to be enthused about it. He's inquisitive about it. He's, you know, whatever, whatever word you want to put in that space. He's excited. You know, he, he, he sees it differently. It was like when I first moved to Belgium, you know, you go outside and you don't speak the native language. And so it's, you have, I have my little brother and. And we played in the backyard, but eventually we had to make friends, right? Like you said. And so I had to learn a little bit of French. And I also had to learn a little bit about the the European culture. You know, like getting pushed down in soccer does not always mean foul. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't always mean that. And so I just had to learn like, okay, this is, this is, this is how we're doing it. And so I think when a player understands, that, okay, this is, this is how we're doing this and and why we're doing it but when you we're able to teach a guy something I think um it it sticks with him and it'll take him a long way not just in football but in life because now he can apply that same thing to buying his first home or or you know talking to parents for the first time about marrying their daughter you know or something like that you know you can over you can overcome those you know those, those things that seem to be intimidating to you but they're once you just understand what it is, it's like, okay, I can, and then understand that, that, that you can do this. I think that's what gives them the confidence to go out there and just accomplish whatever they put their mind to. Right. Understanding
0: those daunting experiences and then how you deal with it or how you go yes. forward with it. That's really cool. And you know, something I wanted to expand on, cause you kind of hit on it in the last second there is talking about kids, you know, maybe not having the best day. What about for your players? You know, that guys that, You can tell they're just not having a good day it's not clicking they're not you know they're not performing at their best how do you handle them or how do you help get them out of that funk because for at least for me with specialists that's a big deal you know if they're in their own head and they're not having a good day it's like I gotta help them snap out of it how do you go
1: about that I think first you know it goes back to that relationship that we talked about it goes back to knowing who you have in your room, or knowing who you're responsible for, and being able—I think sometimes you can pick up on the body language, right? You know that like maybe, and then, or maybe they're they're kind of not as focused or locked in on you know whatever that is. And then you have to uh, account for like what time of the day is it? So like if you notice it in a meeting, you might be able to talk about it beforehand. You might notice it in practice, and so you don't have an hour and a half to talk about what's going on. But I think going back to their relationship, hopefully that guy will come to you well before, you know, any type of practice or anything like that and say, Hey, coach, this is what's going on. But if he doesn't, you know, you have to be able to have different things in place for that situation. And so, you know, we have a couple here, you know, my, my mind on my work, my mind on my work. So that means when I'm here, I might have just, you know, done, you know, I might have had a bad day, you know, maybe I didn't do so well on that test, maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't get, a, you know, wh- whatever, you know, maybe my car's tripping, something like that. And hey, when I'm, but when I'm here, my mind's on my work. And so, we don't want one bad experience somewhere else to then domino into another bad experience here, you know. And I think. That's also like life, you know, and I'm learning as a coach. Um, you might have had a rough day on the, at the office. That doesn't mean you got to come home and have a rough day on the home front because I know one person that ain't trying to hear it. And that's my wife. And she, I mean, she cares. Like I, she's supportive, but she got a million things that she want to talk about too. And so you don't have time to be able to sit and feeling sorry for yourself. Like, hey, bro like, hey, bro, I know you had a bad day, but what do you think about this, or what do you think about that? And I, you better be locked in. <laughs> you better be ready to go because she, that's like it. a coach, knows that you're not all the way focused on whatever we're talking about. So compartmentalizing is what we're what we're saying, right? Uh, and, and I think that's what, what is helping young men also become, you know, future husbands, future fathers. You know, learning how to say, okay, that went wrong over there, but I'm over here now. So. As far as I'm, as long as I'm here, I gotta make sure I'm doing what I'm here to do. So that's what my that means. My mind's on my work, and so then afterwards, you can you know chop it up with them. Hey man, I noticed you know during during period five, six, and seven, you wasn't normally you know what's going on. Oh you know coach the so and so this and that, and, and now we can talk about it. and 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 and, and I think as a coach, you got to be able to pick up on that. Because, like I said, you might have to go to that person about it. They might not come to you, you know, depending on who they are and, and, and how they process things. You have to be able to see that. And so, you know, that's that's my prayer. Lord, give me wisdom and discernment on how to lead these guys to be the best that they can. And that, that goes into that. You know, that goes into uh, it's not just about, Lord, help me find a way to get this guy open. <laughs> Lord, help me find a way to get this guy to catch the ball. <laughs> it also means, help me find a way to get this guy thinking the right thoughts, you know? And so that's, that's just kind of how I go about it, man.
0: Yeah. I love that stuff right there because it's, it's something that's not taught or even really told to coaches is like, look, you know, besides counting or coaching X's and O's, how do you tell when your guy's not feeling, you know, himself right now and how do you deal with it? And you're hundred percent, right. That's about caring about your players and making sure that they're mentally locked in so physically they play to the best of their abilities. I love that. I love that that you hit on that. You know, something that kind of goes along with it too that I've wondered, you know, how do you keep your guys focused in meetings? Uh, Maybe you've seen someone, I've heard people will bring a, a dumbbell into their meetings and have them do a few curls just to keep them and their mind focused. Have you seen anything that you really liked or is there something that people, you know, or you do to keep your guys mentally locked in? I mean, I guess some guys are just super loud, you
1: know? What do you So do? the first thing we do when we, when we meet is we have the the minute. So the minute is pretty much we're going to sit in that room for one minute in silence, and you are going to clear your mind or get your mind in the right frame to to think about what we're about to talk about, and that's football, right? So – that minute could be you, uh, you know, decluttering your mind from something that happened that day. It could have been something really good that happened that day, you know, but you don't want it to distract you from what you have going on here. And so we we do the minute. And so the minute is just, and they know it as soon as they get in there, everyone gets in. I'll hit the little uh, countdown thing on my phone. So we in our minute. So it's no fidgeting. It's, it's, it's no talking. It's no, uh, interact with anyone else, if we're trying to respect everyone else. And so we just, we just chill in there for one minute. And it sounds kind of, you know, whatever, but it has worked for me. And it's just a way for them to really focus on what we're about to do. And so you might spend 30 minutes decluttering your mind and then the next 30, 30 seconds decluttering your mind and the next 30 seconds channeling your mind on this cutoff block or, or this route or whatever that is, but I just want the guys to know that we're going to approach this thing from a mental standpoint first before it's ever physical. You know, we're obviously going to talk about football, which involves uh, movement and, and blocks and catching and things like that. But I want you to visualize yourself having a good day. And so that's one of the things that, that we do uh, that I do here. And it's been good. Uh, you know, I, I I do a thing now where it's a conversation in the meeting so it's not a lecture it's not like hey guys i have all the plays on the board on on the film and then we bust through them i get it got it all right we're out I'm like no that's not it so i'm asking questions and and hopefully if i'm doing a good enough job they're they're making comments it's it's a conversation you know hey guys we got uh this this, this these three con past concepts going in today and these are similar to these concepts and i'll play the clip like, oh, yeah, I seen I seen Stefan Diggs do that the other night. Yeah, yeah, just like that, right? And so or, – or, ooh, coach, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a good play. So now it's a conversation. And, the, okay, you think it's going to be a good play? Here's why it's going to be a good play. Here's how you can keep it a good play even if this happens. So now it's, it's a dialogue and we're going back and forth. Um, and and so now uh, – because you got to put it in a uh, – you might have the information, but you got to deliver it in a way that they retain it. You understand what I'm saying? So like you, in your mind, you've been thinking about four vertical all day. Well, in that guy's mind, he ain't thought about four vertical one time. He, I mean, he just hasn't, he's been thinking about science, eating his, his car, uh, his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his parents, his brother, um, weights. And then now you're the last teacher of the day, or you're the first teacher of the day. You got to understand that. And so I got to, grasp his attention. And then as soon as they give you a, a, a in on how to have that conversation, then you just go about it that way. But you know, you have your core things that you got to hit on that day. It's what we got, or it might just be we're reviewing what we did the previous day. So you have your things you want to correct. And so, you know, and that it all goes back to the relationship though, right? we are talking about a guy who had a bad day or whether you're talking about running a meeting room or whatever relationships, because now they know how to approach that meeting. They know, okay, hey, when you see this guy and we do that minute, like it's 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 on now. We we rolling and we're in we're in the mix now. So the guys know that, and then I know how to approach them. So it's it's all it's all good.
0: Yeah, you know? hey. coach, you're talking my language, right? The specialists, you know, we all talk about visualization, all that stuff. You are you are hitting on that, and that's so important. I think just not for specialists, but you know, any position, uh, any great athlete. Will do some type of meditation or visualization and seeing themselves succeed or also fail and then respond to that failure even better. You know, when I played, I used to tell my specialist about, you know, I would see myself walking into the locker room, see myself putting my socks on, my cleats on, going out to pregame warm ups, and then, you know, seeing the helmet that the other team was going to wear. Um, I think those, you know, those details and being that detail-oriented is what separates good players from great players, you know, and and I think you guys do a great job with that. That's really cool. I like that I a lot. Um, you know, uh, something is totally abstract, but we're talking about practice, and, you know, I've heard that even in 100-degree weather, you'll be out there in a hoodie and sweatpants. What is up with that? Are you Do you prefer <laughs> – do you prefer? Who have, the, been talk, who have you been talking to? Listen, man. You, I got, you,
1: hey, hey, hey! You've been really doing your research now because not too many people, thing. not too many people know that unless they're like here. You know, that's like inside information right there. Listen, but, but um, we got to do our research. It's Coach Chili man, Davis. It's a big deal. <laughs> uh, what What did go into that? Um, I, I just um. I like it, I feel comfortable in it. Um, I've always done it. I even, even when I was, you know, at Campbell, La Tech, it was kind of just my thing. I like hoodies and sometimes it is, it's too hot. Like, I remember a couple of days, Coach Martin came up to me and said, Chili, you don't have your sweatshirt on it. I said, yeah, Coach, it's too hot. Like, I nah, I, <laughs> I, I I I got a t-shirt on just like you, <laughs> you know. But um, it's just kind of, you know, just my style, I guess. Uh, I like hoodies. I like the combination with hoodie and short. I think that's one of the best com- combinations ever. Uh, and it, it is hot here. It's 93 right now. And, you know, it's probably going to be like that for a while. Uh, but it's great weather. Um, and it's just something I kind of just did. Yeah, I like to sweat. I, I I like that. I like to use practice as a workout. So I like to be active. I like to run around. I like to get in the drills with the guys. I like to be in the mix. And, you know, always trying to, um you know work out and at that point in time too just from a sweat standpoint and you know just that's just kind of my my deal uh but nothing really no specific reason i, I think i might have been inspired by someone when i was a player who, who dressed like that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool so yeah but that that's kind of what into that but yeah kudos to you for for knowing that because that's not everyday information you know if mean, people don't
0: People don't know that <laughs> hey yeah I just thought it was a funny tidbit and I had to ask man uh okay so and you know we're kind of winding down here but I've you know these are awesome answers man I, I love talking ball with you this has been a lot for mm. me too when you're coming to a new school and especially as a as a coach you know you've been in a couple of different places you know what is one of the, or something that you've seen what is one of the biggest mistakes that coaches might make when they're coming to? a new school, a new staff, you know, or maybe the staff was in place, but they're new to that program, you know, what is something, uh, you know, a mistake that coaches make as a, as a new coach?
1: I think negating what we talked about earlier, like not really being big on relationships. Um, and then I think another thing they might, um, you know, make a mistake of is, assuming that the people that you're responsible for know how you are or know what you stand for or even like, even like, like from a technique standpoint, don't assume that that guy knows exactly how you want that done. So you have to instruct him. You have to show him exactly how you want it done. And it might be something as simple as how to hold a football. You know, it might be something as simple as, you know, running with the ball, something like that. And, and, and you have to show them that. And I think those two things um, I will do for the rest of my life. I will always uh, build relationships or, or strive to build the best ones that I can with each and every person, not just the starter, not just the guy who was good last year or not just the freshman that you are, are expecting to, to play well uh, early, everyone. Doesn't matter who they are, and and then and then also teaching them the core fundamentals of the game, the techniques that are are required to be successful at your position. Don't assume, okay, well he caught like that in high school, so surely he can catch it like this here. No, that don't. No, or he kicked like that in high school, he kicked like that. No, no. You got to show that guy what you what what it looks like. So you got to have a visual. Then you got to teach that guy how he needs to look in that as well. So now you, you know, you're being hands-on with them. And like I said, if I got to hop in the drill and show it uh, myself, then that's what I'm going to do. But I think those two things, if there's anyone listening who is uh, a guy who's transitioning into coaching or has aspirations of, of one day being a coach, like build relationships with the people that you work with, people that you coach, and then, Know the techniques, know the fundamentals, and then be able to teach those to everyone and teach them to everyone um, on a day-to-day basis. Like, don't don't just think, okay, I'm at this place. They already – they caught for 1,000 yards last year. They know how to catch. Like, no, teach them how to catch. Teach them how to run a route. Teach them how to, you know, do that. And then the, I think if I can add one more thing, whatever – you want to echo – Echo the standards of the program. So echo what the head coach is saying. So, so if if we're if the head coach or the OC is like, hey guys, I want to play fast, then then find a way to, to teach that in your drills. You know, find a way to uh, echo that. Or oh, hey guys, I we 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 want to have a uh, a standard here that's whatever that standard is, right? Echo that standard. You know, and, and so the guys are hearing it from every angle. You know, they're hearing it from the head coach, they're hearing it from the assistant, they're hearing it from you, they're hearing it from the strength coach, they're hearing it from the other players. So like now that guy, there's no question what we're on. I heard it like 10 times from 10 different people at 10 different locations. So, you know, I I I know exactly what my responsibility is or exactly what the mindset and the culture of this program is. So, you know, that, that's what we do here. Um, you know, we... We definitely want the guys to understand the fundamentals of the game and build great relationships with all of them and, and and make sure that they're executing to the standards. So that's that's how we go about it.
0: No question. No question. I love that. You know, you're talking about the standards. You're talking about the fundamentals there. It leads me to my next question is, you know, uh, in special teams, we haven't talked a whole lot of special teams, but, you know, I do love talking to special teams. Is there, uh, you know, a fundamental that you think is overlooked uh, on any of the core four units or something that you see in the past that, you know, um, isn't coached up enough or you think, you know, there should be a bigger importance, uh, you know, in, in the special teams units? Is there anything that you see?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to always uh, understand that you know, I, I like one thing that we do here. Coach Ronnie Pence is our special teams coordinator, and he does a phenomenal job of making sure that guys know their assignments and knowing what, what's being asked of them. But then we'll also do drills of that exact assignment. So we do it at the exact location on the field. So, like, if we're doing, I don't know, pooch punt, right? We're, we're on the 50-yard line or, or, or plus 45-yard line, and we're, we're punting the ball. We want to keep it out of the end zone, right? So we're playing our, our goalie technique like we 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 put guys in tough situations in practice that's what I'm trying to say so you, you have your assignment you have your role and we're gonna put you in that role that exact situation in practice so it might be you you messed up on a block or you messed up on on a, on a pursuit to the guy well this drill is designed to get you back in a good in a good situation or a good position on the field. And I think once guys understand, okay, I'm gonna be in one of two positions when I'm out here, I'm either in a good position, or I'm trying to get in a good position. You're gonna be in one of the two. So understand, okay, which one am I in? Which Which category do I fall in? Am I good or am I not good? And I'm trying to get good. So we don't just do all of our drills as if it's 95 and sunny, right? You're gonna be in a tough situation at some point in the game so we put those we put those guys in those tough situations in the game in practice so that if they ever encounter that in a game they don't panic they don't oh my god well I was supposed to be uh, in this lane but I'm in that lane now so oh my god what do I do Nah, bro just look this is what you do do this do that and by any means get the man down like that's we'll talk about everything else later but um I think just making sure that you, because the more tools you give the guys, you teach the why of the situation, the more true confidence that guy has. So he understands his role. And then if you're you're doing it like how we do it, I know what I have. I know what he has. I know what he has. So now we all know the big picture and we all know where we fit into that. So should something go um, not according to plan, well, this is how we're going to go about that, right? So, like, uh, you know, prime example, we might design to punt the ball to the right, right? So everyone on the punt unit is thinking, okay, this ball is going to the right. Well, the ball's down the middle. That's not the right. So now I have to think about covering this ball here as opposed to there. And – but don't panic. Don't turn around and say, hey, man, you're supposed to kick it to the right. Nah, no, just adjust and – and get the man down.
0: I'd adjust. But, yeah.
1: So I think we do a great job with that in our practices. Coach Pence does a phenomenal job with that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important too, because, like, the way, you know, I've learned from, you know, some fantastic coaches here, but I like to turn things in. You know, I shamelessly plug here. I wrote my book, The Kicker's Bible. I'll make sure you get a copy of that. Um, and it's all about kicking, punting, and long snapping. But w- the way I break things down is to, coaching points right here's what we want to do and do it correctly now here's some common errors these are things that might happen and then a coaching point under that now how do you fix those things and how do you you know make the right change you know but just like you said not freaking out when you make that error okay errors happen it's how do you respond to those things so i think what you guys do is is fantastic for that you know and that's that's something you know i'm trying to learn too as a young coach
1: no doubt and and, it's it's all about just giving information in a way where they can retain it. And then um, I think one of the other things that if I could just say one more thing, like one of the other things that we do is we teach the – we might start backwards in our approach, you know, and some of our – like so we'll teach where you want to end up on the guy and then we'll, uh, we'll rewind all the way back until how you get there, right? So like it might be on kickoff. And we'll say, okay, this is where we want to end up on this kick, right? And then we'll, we'll backtrack all the way back. Okay. And I just said, we're going to start it. So now, you know, where you want to end up now, you know how to start. And now, you know, everything in between that could hinder you from getting to that spot. So it's a, it's a, it's a unique thing that I've, I've just done it here uh, with with Pence, but he's done a great job of teaching. Okay. This is where we want to end up chili. Like, okay, but this is where we're going to start. So now the guy knows I'm starting here, but I want to end up there. So now how do I go about that and, and what type of interference will I have on my journey there you know and, and so that that that's another thing that we do I I think that that's pretty good pretty I big, love that uh, I pretty, love that for pretty beneficial
0: for, Yeah I love that for coverage lanes and stuff like that too Is yeah. that is that confuse them at all like okay we're down here and now we're going back up there or as, no. as we will explain
1: I think when you do it the right way. Okay, you take, Hey guys, you know, this is how we want to fit this, this, uh, this return. Um, and so now this is where you want to end up. Well, and then the guy said, okay, I want to end up on this hash. Well, I'm starting on that hash. Like, yeah, exactly. So now, you know, from that hash to this hash, there's a couple of people that could interfere with you. Like, yeah, that's right. So now we're this and this part of the field, you want to avoid the guy. Right. But in that part of the, in this part of the field, we don't want to work avoid anymore. We want to work some type of uh, collision with yeah, the guy boy. and then, you know, and, and, and kind of bully him off and that kind of thing. So, so now the guy understands, okay, I want to end up here. I'm starting there. And this is how it's like a GPS system, right? You put your destination in the GPS, right? You don't put where you're at, you put where you want to go. So when you put where you want to go in there, then the GPS calculates, right? It says, okay, you're, you want to get here. You're there. And so this is the best route for you to take with everything else that's going on that you may not control. Detours, traffic, accidents, whatever. And so when you get here, there's a a detour now. So now you can take that detour and still get to the destination. So that's the same way we approach on on some of our special teams as well.
0: That's really good. Because now you're putting it in language that they understand, right? I call this the Apple Maps drill. You know where it's like yeah. I'm going to use my GPS to get to this spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, we might change that. You might change that. I kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good.
0: That's good though. But you know, that's that's all stuff, you know, that you guys reinforce, and I, that that sounds like I you know I would learn well from that. So that's really cool. Um, cool. you know, something is coaching everything you've ever dreamed of. You know, and is is what's the harsh reality of coaching? Because guys, especially young guys like me, they get in. I'm going to be this. In 10 years, you're going to see me on AFCA 35 for 35s. So I'm going to be this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Is it everything that you ever thought it would be? And also, what's the harsh reality of coaching?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was inspired by Tony Dungy. And, and you know, um, so, yeah, I, I think it was it is everything I thought it was going to be, but I really didn't know what I thought until I was in that situation. You know, and, and so I say that because if you really study Tony Dungy, like he, he got fired at, at Tampa Bay. And, and so he, and they had a good team. And then he was able to find a place where God wanted him. And then he was able to build uh, an organization up the way he wanted to. Um, and, they, and they had success his way. And so to your to answer that question yeah it has been everything that I I have envisioned um and but you really don't know about an experience until you're in that experience yourself like you could you could tell a bunch of guys what to do when they're fired but when when you're the one looking for a job now you're really you're you're in it you know and so it's a different situation and then or 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 it might be a situation where you know, you have to develop a player. And that that's one of the best feelings ever, like we talked about, right? And developing a guy and, and things of that nature. And then, you know, but, but one of the toughest things um, for a young coach, like I kind of alluded to earlier, being able to shut it off when you go home. I think that's a tough thing. Um, understanding that Uh, just because you had a good day on Tuesday does not equate to a good day on Wednesday. You got to make sure you do the right stuff on Wednesday to have a good day as well and and week to week, right? We might have won last week, but that's no guarantee that we're going to win this week. So putting the work in, being willing to put the work in and understanding that um, each day, each week is a new challenge and you have to be able to uh, rise to that occasion. Um and but I, I think you know those things are are the reasons why I got into it. You know, I love the game. I love everything about it. I love, you know, and, and if you don't, I think you you won't like this profession if you if you don't love everything about it. Like obviously there are the things that you know you don't like as much, maybe, but you understand, okay, I, I gotta do this in order for us to be successful, you know. And so that's where you have to learn how to sacrifice some things, uh, whether it be, you know, sleep or, or, you know, whatever. But you, if you want to be successful, I don't know anyone that is successful that didn't give up something. Like you have to give up something. I watch a lot of like music documentaries. Some of my favorite rappers had to give up something to, uh, you know, be able to be in the position that they're in right now. And same thing with, some of my favorite uh, athletes and, and coaches as well. You know, you can't, you can't be both. You can't be, you know, Mr. Popular and then, and then expect to be successful in whatever you're doing, unless you're, unless you view success as being popular. But, you know, you have to get your priorities straight. So, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, this profession is definitely what I envisioned. And obviously there's been little things along the way that have kind of tried my faith a little bit, but that's why it's so important to be rooted in something, and firmly firmly rooted in something that, that can sustain you or that keep you stable. And uh, surrounding yourself, that's another thing. Surround yourself with people that know what you want to do and are willing to have that tough conversation with you when they see you not going about it the way you said you were going to go about it. You know what I'm saying? So, People like, hold you accountable, hold you accountability partners. And, and so, for me, my parents, you know, my wife, uh, I have a couple of coaches uh, throughout my life that have that have been that for me. Um, the coaches here, you know, they, they, they'll, they Coach Bell, will come up to me or whoever and say, hey, man, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta maybe pick the guys up, you know, something like that, you know, something like that. So I think that that's big too, you know, just surrounding yourself with people and being around people that are on the same thing that you're on may not want to coach, but they want to be successful. And so anyone that like my wife has a candle company and I'm, I'm, I'm over here watching recruits and she's over there looking up candle techniques and we're both working to be better at what we're in, you know? And so that's, that's a great thing. And, and so when you get around people like that, you know, she's getting better at her candles and I'm getting better at, you know, coaching. And, and so that's, that's, what it's all about when you surround yourself with people that are on the same type of thing that you're on.
0: Right. And you guys are both competitive, trying to be great. What's her, uh, you know, I'm, I'm mad because I, I saw that when I was doing my research too, and I want to bring it up. What's her top selling candle or what is your favorite scent of candle that she
1: has? Okay, so her top-selling candle is called Island Vibes, all right, um, and so my favorite scent is one that no one has smelt yet, because I have custom candles. VIP. Right. I, I kind of know the girl, so, you know, I got kind of got it in there, but um, I have one that's kind of a, I don't even know, we didn't even give it a name yet, it's like a masculine scent, I guess, it kind of reminds you of like male cologne, I guess, I have it in my office, and I have one here, but uh the island vibes is our top seller right now and then our second one kind of close start off starting off it was island vibes and then it kind of went into me time uh which was our second one but those are the top two uh right now and then she just recently released some fall scents, um maybe two weeks ago so we'll see how those see how those do
0: i love that man i love sense so what's what's her uh brand you got to give her a shout out so we can uh,
1: okay get on there So shout out shout out to my wife uh Keandra Davis, Uh, her company is called Creative Candle Co, creative with a K, Creative Candle Company. Um, She's on Twitter, Instagram, she has a website as well. Uh, Started this business about four months ago, um, really started with an idea and kind of was inspired by some other people. And she realized, like we talked about, hey, I can do this too, once I understand what I'm doing. And so she did that and uh, she's, I mean, she put everything into it. I mean, time, energy, uh, you know, and and really just dove into it and and became uh, well, she became knowledgeable in not just making candles, but everything about the candle business. I think those are two different things. You can make a candle, but then you have to also know how you want to present it, how you want to sell it and and things like that. So she's an entrepreneur and I'm so proud of her, man. She's doing a phenomenal job.
0: Creative Candle Co. Go get your candles right now. And hey, man, you thought you were gonna come on here and talk about football. Now we're talking about candles.
1: Candles, man. It's about candles. That's the secret to coaching. Getting yeah. a good candle.
0: Getting a good candle in your meeting room. No doubt. Yeah, no that's doubt. that's awesome. Hey, you know what? Something that you mentioned too about, you know, rappers and, and you know their ascent. I thought that was really cool. I listened to Eric Thomas, who's a motivational speaker. And he's talking about 50 Cent, right? And he was doing a movie and an album. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? And he said, sleep is for the week. I don't sleep. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's mm-hmm. so awesome.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, E.T. was one of the guys, when I got into coaching, he had he had been around, I want to say, but he had that first, you know, that first video that kind of went viral when I, I think that was around that 2012, 2013 mm-hmm. frame. But um. You know, that was one of the things that inspired me. Like, man, this guy is going after it. And my parents are this. And my parents are preachers in, in my church. Like, they, they've they always been about attacking what you want to do and, and, and really believing in yourself. And they've always been supportive. So, you know, having that has been a blessing. And then having people like, like ET, like what you are talking about, and, and just pastors in my life that have been on the same type of, you know, wave has been – Extremely, um, that th- that has impacted my life as well—not just my career, but my life. So yeah, that's that's definitely a great reference there, you know, with with fifty and and you know, you just look at, you know, you know, I remember hearing a story about how I, I want to say it was it was Kobe Bryant—he had just had a bad game or something like that. or maybe he wasn't as as successful as he wanted to be throughout the game. And like he just stayed at the arena and like just kept getting more shots up. You know, when most guys would go on and and go about their lives or whatever that was at that time, but he decided to, I want to get good at this. So he was willing to, you know, do whatever it took to be good at that. And I I think I, I take that same approach when it comes to this profession. Uh, I really, I want to be really good at developing guys. I want to, I want to win games. I want to be the, the person that my head coach brought me here to be. And so, you know, there has to be some sense of sacrifice to, in order to achieve that.
0: No question. No question. That's, you know, I love that too. And I think that's what makes you great or is going to make you great is that pursuit, you know, and that motivation too is, I love that too. Eric Thomas and, and listen to motivation, you know, I was a, I was a JUCO guy coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I'd always, you know, I downloaded a bunch of them on my phone. Maybe I had an iPod back then, put it in mm-hmm. my earbuds and just go to work. You know, my mom's yeah. always like, you know, use that, show your players. I'm like, oh, they're not going to listen to that. But, you know, those things help me get through day-to-day stuff. And I'm sure it yeah. helps anyone who listens to stuff like that.
1: I, I don't know a single person that won't, doesn't benefit from being around a positive person. Like, like, obviously we want our players to be self-motivated. Yeah, everyone, you know, we want our guys to be, you know, you have to have the desire to do something. But when you are around other people that have that same positive, you know, mindset, now you can really get some good stuff done. With, with, with whatever you're doing, whether you're coaching kickoff or whether you're coaching the scout team or whether you're in the weight room or you're in the study hall. If everyone what what would it look like if everyone went to study hall like hey I'm gonna leave here ready for my test if every all 50 guys in the study hall are in there saying I'm about to get better at this so I, I can ace my test so now oh that's what you're that's what you're on that's what he's on and that's what I'm on so now I'm you know, I'm in my deal because I want to be part of the group of guys that are making those good grades and that are you know we're we're, we're talking about how how well we did on that test and how we prepared for that test so like it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're around people that are heading in that same direction good things can happen
0: sounds like a championship team man
1: yeah exactly
0: and that's yeah that's that's what separates them that's really cool and you know um and i'm going to give you a a second or two to think about too because i love hearing motivational quotes or success quotes so if you have one I'm going to come back to it or I'm going to give you some time I can put you in the spot right away. Um, but one of my last questions for you too is you know you, t- you hit on it earlier being a young coach, you know, how do you balance that family time? You know, you got your wife and she's got her own business too, but how do you balance that work time and that family time and really making sure she feels valued and you know she feels like you know you're not just focus on football all the time. Cause that's hard for me. I, I don't have those responsibilities right now. I know I will someday, but you know, I'd like to hear in your own words, what you
1: think. Well, number one, and that kind of reminds me about one of the other things you asked me about one of the mistakes that people might make. I think comparing your career to other people is a mistake that people make in this profession. Like when they say, Oh, so-and-so was 30 years old and he was a coordinator. Well, I'm 35 and I'm a position coach. What does that mean? That means you're where you need to be. And so don't compare yourself to other people. So I say that because what we do here may not be something that will benefit someone else. It works for us and it's on our timetable and it's on our our schedules. But obviously, like, you know, Thursday, I mean, Thursday night, date night. I mean, I mean, that's one of our things, you know, we get out of practice. A little bit earlier on thursdays we're not in the office as long those days and so she knows that she knows okay thursday night we're going somewhere we're gonna um you know maybe dress up or, or or go on a date um or that might be a movie night that we we go check out something and then or friday morning we might have breakfast together we might have lunch together or something like that and then um you know those those kind of things and then she's able to travel with us to games. So she's used around me then and and I think the thing when you're home be where you are, your mind on your work, right? So if you're at home physically, be at home mentally too. Don't be at home thinking about what happened at practice 3 hours ago. You're not there anymore. You're home. And so when you're home, the people in your house need you to be more than just they don't need you to be a football coach like that my wife's not looking to help her run routes better. she's asking me what I think about these curtains you know or or asking me what i what i what I think about um a movie that she's been thinking about watching or you know something of that nature so if I'm not mentally there, I might say something. Wrong, <laughs> and so, and now you, you created an issue for yourself. And I don't know anyone that likes to create issues for themselves. No one wants like to do so, that. No, you want to just keep the peace, man. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think being where you are is so important. You know, you want to you want to be a great coach. Yeah, everyone does, but hopefully, you want to be a great boyfriend or husband too, or you want to be a great father too, or you want to be a great brother or son too. So whenever you're around people that didn't know you as a football coach before or don't see you as just a football coach, you want to make sure that you're whatever you are to that person. So to my wife, obviously, I'm a husband. Like like I said, like she's not – we're not in the kitchen going over routes, you know, so so she she doesn't see me like that. She sees me as a person that is a, a life partner. And so, you know, we we try to go about that. That way, obviously, God is uh, at the front of our relationship and at the top of it. So we pray together. We we do things, to support each other, and we ask God for guidance. You know, this was our first time living together, and we're on the other side of the country. She's away from her family. I'm away from my family. So you know, that was a unique experience as well. And there was a lot of trial and error with that. You know, I'm I'm used to coming home, still watching film from practice, you know, I, I, watch it at the office and I come home, I might watch it again or, or get ready for my install for the next day. Well, those three, four five, six hours now don't do that. <laughs> you know? I mean, don't be at the dinner table with, with your phone in your hand, texting a recruit, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and she's trying to, you know, ask you how your day was. And you're like, uh, uh well, I'm sorry, babe. What, what was that? Yeah, my day was good. You get and title. you're trying to, you know, you know. So, and she knows that, and she knows that she has not your full attention. So I think that's just how we went about it. And, and it's not always perfect. It's not always easy. But if you have someone, like I said, that is willing to be in Boone, North Carolina, sixty-six to zero, on her birthday, her twenty-first birthday, then. You might have something special.
0: Supporting the camels.
1: Supporting yeah. the camels. Clapping when we got a routine third down, fourth down stop, you know, and she's cheering as if we just busted an 80-yard return for a touchdown, you know. So I said, I got to marry that girl. <laughs> great-
0: you found <laughs> her, man. Yeah. No, and it, honestly, it sounds like you guys have a, re- a great foundation, and that's that's awesome. That's all – you know, a coach can look for someone strong and that can help them pursue their goals. That's, right. that's so, right. And, you know, and briefly, we kind of touched on it earlier about about to wrap up here, but uh, you know, shout out to my man, Coach Kyle Siegler, was talking about the AFCA 35 for 35, which you and him had the, you know, unique distinction, and that's that means a lot. Just kind of talk to us briefly about, uh, you know, what you got
1: from that or what you learned from, you know, being around all those great coaches there. It was a phenomenal experience, Um, even the application experience was good because I had to do something that I normally don't, I like to do it sometimes, but I had to write an article, and so that that really made me, took me back to like uh, college, writing a paper, you know, I can remember the last time I sat down and really like wrote something um, that was going to be like read by other people that I didn't know, so that part of it was cool, and then When you got there that day, it was just like a, you know, I had had some people that had done it, did it before and and kind of told me about what what it was and gave me some advice on just how to go out throughout the day. And I really enjoyed it. Um, You were able to be around some people that you may have seen on TV and and maybe read about or, or watched their drill tapes. And then you had coaches in there who had just got selected. And, you know, you're in that mix too. So, Everyone's getting to know each other. Everyone is like, oh, I saw you guys against so-and-so. You guys did some really good things. And Or, oh, you got you know that guy. I know that guy, too. And so that was cool. But the information that we got that day was just like, it was great, man. It was anything from transitioning from position coach to coordinator, transitioning from coordinator to head coach, going into a room, as a coordinator but the rest of the staff has already been there you know and so just different angles of you know this profession some that people don't normally think about and people assume it's going to be smooth and easy but it's not uh you talked about you know the interviewing process you know how to go about handling yourself when it comes to social media and and the media and interviews and things of that nature. So it it helped prepare you for a lot of situations, some that maybe some coaches maybe thought about, but maybe not haven't thought about it as far as how they're going to handle it. And so um, that was beneficial. But then the relationships that you built throughout the day, like you said with Coach Kyle and the rest of the guys, it it was great, man. I mean, you're around guys that have either done what you are – want to do or are trying to do the same thing that you want to do. And so that is, you know, like I said, when you're around those types of people, it's, it's beneficial and you you have to learn something. So you, you, know, you took good notes and, you know, followed up with people when you got their numbers, just, you know, just networking like anything else or just encouraging guys along the way. Um, but it was a phenomenal experience, man. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. You sound like you learned some, some really exclusive and, and awesome stuff. And that's kind of, I went to my first convention last year. You know, and and so it was cool just seeing guys that I you know met before, and talked to, and 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 catching up with them. So awesome yeah, and yeah, awesome you're, experience. You're
1: good,
0: man. Um, motivation success quote. You got one? I know. I know you're. You got some great quotes. So I'm ready. Oh
1: man, I, I have a lot. I Have a lot. Um, my mom is writing a book now, and it's it's about that. It's motivating. Not just other moms, but it's about just motivating people. Um, I think if I had to pick one, man, you put me on the spot with that. And, I, and, and you gave me, like, three minutes. To think I tried, man. I tried to give really, you time. I, I hate and, and, and spraying it really, on people. And it really was, like, more than three minutes because we had about four or five questions in between. <laughs> but if I had something that kind of gets me going. All right. Uh, it would come from Titus 2, 6 through 8. Okay. So similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. When you're teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I think, to me, that number one speaks about how I need to be as a coach, right? Words like encourage the young men, self-control, integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech. That's everything that that guy needs not only to be successful on this field here, but in life, right? And so that in in the last part of that, that verse there, it says so that those who oppose you may be ashamed. They have nothing bad to say about us. We're in the community. I don't want anyone saying anything bad about us. We're on the field. Obviously, I don't want anything said bad about us. When you're, you know, 10 years from now, when you're on your second child, I want your child's third grade teacher to say, oh, you know what? You got some great parents. Your, your dad is really, you know, uh, a great guy. Nothing bad to say. And so I think it, it starts, if I have an opportunity, it starts with me. Or it maybe doesn't start with me, but it continues with me. Um in a guy's life, and so that that verse there Titus chapter two verse six, verses six through eight, um kind of motivates me when I read it. It just reminds me, okay, soundness of speech when you're in this meeting room, hey, man, this is the best thing on earth that we're talking about, <laughs> you know, and giving them that confidence and giving them the um the vibe that okay, this is really this is it this is the best thing on earth to talk like there's people over there talking about that people are there talking about this we're talking about punt versus defense state and it is the best thing in the world and so that is this that's just it motivates me uh, to be a man of integrity encourage the young men and and really go about doing what God has me here to do. Wow. That's awesome, man.
0: That speaks to me a lot, too, because especially being a young coach, you know, you have to speak with, you know, passion about what you believe in else, you know, it'll be overlooked. So, yeah. man, there's so many great topics we talked about today, man, and, and it's really been a joy to talk with you. I learned so much from you. So thanks. Thanks so much Chile, for being on here.
1: And I appreciate that, man. And I just want to encourage you, you know, keep doing your thing. Obviously, um, you're, you're, relatively young in the profession, um, and you're learning and you're growing. You're going in the right direction, man, and I'm proud of you. So I appreciate you and uh, encourage you to keep going too. Awesome, man.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, You know, is there anything else uh, before we step off here that you want to, you know, plug or, uh, you know, talk about besides Your Candles? Where can uh, players follow you or or people, you know, if they want to get in touch with you, email or Twitter?
1: So I've got uh, probably the best way is, I would say is Twitter. My my Twitter uh, name is at Coach Chili Davis. Chili is C-H-I-L-I Davis. Um, and so that's, I mean, I, I respond to DMs and, and emails. My email's uh, on there as well, I believe. Uh, or I can DM you my email if that's what you're looking for. But that's, that's where I'm at. And uh, if you want to connect with me, feel free.
0: Awesome man, I appreciate. It. Hey, one more thing before you go too. So I mm-hmm. actually, and this has been on the tongues of a lot of coaches. You know, uh, I played at an HBCU, uh, Lincoln mm-hmm. University is the first HBCU in the United States, and uh, an HBCU just had a huge hire, Coach Dion Sanders. I want to know what your take. Do you think that Jackson State, you know, how's that going to work out with Coach Dion Sanders? What do you think? Uh, how's that going to go?
1: I think it's going to go great. I mean. He's a guy that, number one, uh, he's been a phenomenal player. Obviously, everybody who's watched any type of football has seen him or knows about him. Um, And I think he has, number one, the desire to be there. Uh, I think that he has the uh, ability to lead young men, which I think is extremely valuable. Um, And I also feel that, He'll do great things there, not just because of who he is or who he's been as a player, but I think because of who he is now, as a as a coach and as a father and, and as a as a man. And I think that I don't think I know that that he'll get that that program rolling in whatever direction they're trying to go in. Um, but I I, th- I think he'll be uh, just what that city needs and just what that university needs.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I'm just being a guy that, you know, really supports and, and follows some HBCUs. I was really excited just for the, you know, the attention it brought to the university. But, yeah, you can see from, you know, his high school coaching how passionate he is about his players. You know, um, there's been greats like Emmett Smith reached out to him. I saw on Twitter. He's like, hey, if you need a running backs coach, I mean, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> two goats, two Hall of Famers, you know? What a great experience yeah. that would be. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I know um, obviously he'll he'll hire a great staff and, and they'll get it rolling, man. And I, I think, uh, you know, it just shows that I, I listened to his press conference and he talked a lot about God wanting him to be there and things of that nature. And so anytime a guy's being led by God, I mean, it's the best thing you can do, right? I mean, I, I think that, that speaks to who he is as a man and, and also as a coach, and so I think that is that's probably uh, it's going to be a great situation.
0: Awesome, man! Yeah, I I can't wait to see them see them play, and, and uh, you know I hope there's more great athletes that start going to these historic universities. You know, I've learned so right. much in my time there, and and uh, you know, there's so much history there. I thought it was so right. cool. So right. awesome, man! Well, hey. This is one of my favorite, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking right now, this was one of my favorite talks because how much we talked about the kids, you know, and, and the connections. So, Coach you, Chili man. Davis, everybody.
1: Appreciate you, man.
0: Thanks for listening, and if you have any questions you'd like asked or select guests coming up, follow and send us a message on Twitter and Instagram to kicking or icemankicking at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us and turn notifications on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Iceman Kicking Podcast and rate and review us on Apple Music. This will be important as we will have giveaways going forward. Also, check out our TikTok under the same name for the best clips from these interviews. And tune in next week for another great Special Teams Mind. I'm Brett Arkellian and for everyone at the Iceman Kicking Podcast, we hope you stay cool under pressure and have a great week.